Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Pastor David Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor David teaches through God's Word. enemy wants you to think that God is holding out on you so that you'll go into these hidden places. You'll do things in distorted ways because you don't trust God's heart. So he works to make you not trust his heart. But if we recognize that God's heart is good toward us, that he understands, that he knows how he has made us and that he cares about us, it changes the way we can trust him. Sometimes people do foolish things because they don't have all the information. Oftentimes, it's already too late when you realize how foolish you've been. In today's message, Pastor David warns you that the devil wants to obscure the truth about sex and marriage so that people won't act according to God's design. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor David in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as he begins his message, Marriage and Singleness. Today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We were in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and looking at God's instruction about sexual immorality. Today, getting into marriage and morality in sex. And so he's pretty straightforward. God is very direct with how he deals with things. And to kind of recap, last week, the word that he uses is porneia. That's the word for sexual immorality. And it's anything, any sexual activity outside of marriage. What he teaches us is that sexual immorality is unique in the way that it harms us. He says, every sin a person does is outside the body, but sexual immorality, we sin against ourselves. So there's a a unique damage there that he warns us about. He goes on and says that we who have received the Holy Spirit We're temples of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so in sexual immorality, he says, we are desecrating the temple of God. And so again, there's a unique weight there, a unique damage we are doing to ourselves and the people around us. And he warns that, right, the king has given us clear instructions. He's defined, he's told us the way this works. And if we consistently reject his instruction, He says, we will not inherit the kingdom. If you reject the king and his design, you will not inherit the kingdom. So he says, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm giving this kind of severe recap because I I know for some of us in this room probably, this is kind of foreign. These restrictions 
sound severe. They sound, you know, extreme. And if that's you, the point is not to just create a divide and, well, you should have understood this already. God speaks because he cares about us. He's giving us rules and instruction because he cares about us. And so if you have questions, please don't stuff your questions and just move on. Please ask. You can email us at pastor at calvarymiamibeach.org if you've got questions about this. I encourage you to go back and read the previous chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But while for some of us, the restrictions are foreign, this is not the way you grew up, this is not the way you lived. For many of us who grew up with church culture, I think restriction on sex is kind of what the Bible brings to the table. We're used to church is the one who gives you all the rules and just puts tons of restrictions on everything. And what's really helpful here in chapter seven is that God is very practical. We see God's heart here and it helps us understand because he does not love rules. He loves us. And so he gives instruction. So in chapter seven, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, Paul says to the church in Corinth concerning the things which you wrote to me. So the Corinthians had written him a letter before this. It is good for a man not to touch a woman, for a man to live a celibate life. He's saying That's, that can be good. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. Let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to the wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, but then come back together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, I say this, this command to be married, as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that everybody was as I am, Paul says, living a celibate life. But each one has their own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. It's better to marry than to burn with passion. Point number one is that God makes clear that sex is a gift, not a shameful thing. He had just commanded the people to refrain from sexual immorality, right? And so now he's dealing with the other kind of extreme that can happen. We're striving to be holy. We want to avoid sexual immorality. So it's just, well, all sex is bad. And that was a thing apparently at that time. And certainly that has, that's a tone that can develop in religious circles, in church culture. That we can arrive at this place where we, we feel like it's something that shouldn't be talked about, like it's a secret thing, like it's a hidden thing, a shameful thing. And what Paul's explaining here is that while celibacy can be a healthy thing for some people, can be a good thing for some people, he says it's not an imposition. It's not something to make a rule. And that for many people, marriage is the healthy, appropriate context. I know we all come from lots of different cultures and backgrounds here. I mean, so many different. Each one of us has very unique experiences. But I think for many of us, if you're in church, you probably grew up around, you know, a lot of us grew up around some sort of church culture. And a lot of times we've kind of projected a severity onto God that's not his heart. 
He becomes, you know, the proverbial, ornery old Puritan or Catholic nun or whatever. Like he becomes that stereotype in our brain that he's ashamed to even hear about sex. And maybe in marriage it's okay, but he's still kind of grossed out and doesn't want to, you know, he'd rather not know about it. That's kind of the, I think we wouldn't say that, but it's the thing that we project onto him, right? It's the view that we have. And so it's important to look at who he actually is, recognize who God is. He's not ashamed of how he designed you. He's not afraid of it. He's not uncomfortable talking about it. God, if you read the whole of scripture, God is very comfortable. God gets more comfortable than we're comfortable with sometimes. And he tells us that our spiritual enemy actively works to distort our perception of God. He wants us to think. The demons actively work to make you think God is more severe than he is. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, we live in these, the season after Jesus has resurrected, in these days, in between the resurrection and return of Jesus, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Your enemy wants you to think that God is holding out on you so that you'll go into these hidden places. You'll do things in distorted ways because you don't trust God's heart. So he works to make you not trust his heart. But if we recognize that God's heart is good toward us, that he understands, that he knows how he has made us and that he cares about us, it changes the way we can trust him. God is so blunt here in this chapter. It's hilarious in terms of it's not our church picture of God. He says, the temptation to sexual immorality is real. So in marriage, be sure that you have sex regularly. He says, you need to cultivate that relationship and have a good perspective of serving your spouse. so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today. We'd like to encourage you to continue reading God's Word daily, looking for the powerful truth and the promises that lie within its pages. There's always something to learn from the Bible, and we hope you'll make it part of your daily routine. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from the book of 1 Corinthians, you'll find them at MainThingRadio.com. You'll also learn more about this ministry and connect with us on social media. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Here's David to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days at blinding speed. But there's always a moment to pause. Those in-between times are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply go to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. 
Thanks, David. We also want to invite you to join us for worship this weekend. Come visit Calvary Miami Beach on Sunday for worship and Bible study, or join us online as we live stream. You'll be able to find out all you need to know by clicking on Calvary Miami Beach in the About tab on our website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us again next time right here on Main Thing Radio. 